This is Not Quite Alcoholics, with me, Rory Kinsella, a meditation teacher, sober coach, and the creator of We Meditate to Quit Alcohol and the Six Steps for Not Quite Alcoholics. If you're considering changing your relationship with alcohol and are looking for tips, advice, and inspiration, you've come to the right place. Not Quite Alcoholics, how to go alcohol-free before rock bottom. All right. Well, welcome to the show, everyone. I'm joined today by Alex McCrobs, who is a self-described former party girl turned sober coach and yoga teacher. Alex is originally from Canada, but now based in Abu Dhabi. And she is the founder of the Mindful Life Practice Virtual Yoga and Meditation School and also the host of the Sober Girl Yoga podcast. Alex, I'm delighted to have you as my very first guest on this podcast. How are you doing? Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Rory. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Um, So I've really been loving watching your progress over the last year or so since we've been friends on Instagram and and seeing your business grow and seeing how I loved hearing about how when you introduced sobriety as an aspect of your yoga teaching practice, it really made a big difference. and And it obviously resonates with me who who uses meditation as a tool for helping people quit alcohol. So yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I can't remember how we got connected, but I remember reaching out to you and saying like, hey, we're so uh, in line because you also had sobriety and meditation and um, yeah, so a lot in common. Yeah. So w- what I liked about your story is how, yeah, you 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 for you you didn't have to hit rock bottom and I you posted a video the other day saying you know you don't need to go through AA to quit which really resonated with with you know what I stand for and I just wanted to kind of ask you about when when was the point where you kind of accepted that your life would be better without alcohol was there a kind of point yeah um you know I I think for a long time, I was looking at quitting drinking as like a negative thing. Like it would like make my life worse. Like I would be losing something. I would be, um, something would be missing from my life. And it wasn't until, um, like, I can't remember how many years I was looking at quitting drinking, but I feel like there was a long time when I was like Googling it and I started receiving, I started getting targeted ads (laughs) for the program that I ended up joining to help me quit drinking. But what I loved about the way that they marketed what they offered was that all they talked about was the positives, you know? Um, And all the people that were featured didn't identify as alcoholics. You know, I remember there was one guy in particular that resonated with me and he, in his story, just said, you know, I'm a normal city guy. I go for beers after work every day with my friends. I realized, you know, this wasn't working for me. And so I quit and here's how my life got a thousand times better. And for someone like me, that really resonated as opposed to a story of someone, you know, hitting rock bottom and and drinking um, vodka in the morning before work. Like, right. That wasn't me. I was someone who was having wine or beer at dinner and partying on the weekends. And so to hear stories of people that, connected with me and then also highlighted the positives of sobriety that was like a huge turning point for me yeah 100 percent. same for me because you know I think in one of the 12 steps it says 
you accept that your life's become unmanageable and mine wasn't unmanageable it kind of it managed fine but it's that point of it wasn't optimal I could see that there would be something yeah. better and that's that I love that positive motivation I love this movement around how you know we can have these positive reasons for doing it not not like oh no I can't wake up in the gutter again because that also that kind of negative motivation it it adds lots of guilt and it adds lots of pressure um so how how long ago did you quit so I quit in April 2019 it actually was my two and a half years yesterday which is amazing congratulations yeah thank you awesome and did you go straight to to kind of abstinence or did you have a period of kind of moderation in between how did it work for you um, I quit right away. So I quit in April, 2019. It was April 13th. And for myself, I could never even visualize myself doing like a dry January or taking, um, a period of time off of drinking. Like it felt too impossible for me. So I'd actually never quit before the day when I decided to quit for any period of time. And when I decided to quit, I knew that it was like, all or nothing. You know, I knew that if I had one, then I would go back to my drinking ways. And so I had decided, you know, okay, today is day one. I'm going to take 28 days off of drinking. And that was the plan initially. And then I made it about 11 days and I had a pretty big, um, like withdrawal slash mental health struggle when I did quit because I have a mood disorder and I really should not have been drinking at all. And so my brain was just like recalibrating everything. Right. And so it was a very low, um, lonely and hard first, like 10, 11 days. And as soon as I made it through that, it was bad enough. And then I hit this point of happiness. People call it the pink cloud, but I just hit this point where I was just so much happier. And then I realized, you know, I can never go through that again. I can never do those first 11 days again. And, and those are really the hardest days of sobriety. So for the people that keep, um, you know, drinking again and then starting again, you're doing the hardest days over and over again, you know, because once you get through like the first two weeks or month or whatever, even like to the first hundred days, then your life is just normal and you don't drink anymore. And so, um, anyway, I end up doing 28 days and then 90 days and somewhere along the way I switched to a year. And then at some point I was like, okay, I never want to drink again. Um, and so, yeah. Amazing. Um, so in those early days, cause we were talking about having that positive vision of where you want to go to, did, did you have a positive vision of, of what, how your life could be different? And, you know, if so, what, what was it? You know, I don't know if I ever, in the very early days, I don't know if I had a vision. I definitely, I wrote a poem that was kind of like a visualization exercise on in the first couple days. And I don't know if I ever imagined in the early days that my life would be as amazing as it is now. Um, like I've literally manifested, you know, the life of my dreams at this point. And I don't think I ever thought in the beginning of sobriety that it would get to the point that it is now. I did around just after 30 days sober, I did meet, um, a psychic and intuitive healer. 
I talk a lot about him in my work and um, I've had him on my podcast a few times. And so when I met him, he said to me, you know, you were never meant to be a teacher. You were meant to be a healer. And he kind of helped me visualize this business that I've created now, the mindful life practice. And so once I met him, then I think I had a visualization for like what my life could be that kept me motivated and kind of gave me my reason why. And I started focusing all of my energy into building my own business. But I don't think I had that in the very early days of sobriety. I think in the very early days, I was just trying to, you know, get through and have another weekend not hungover, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I guess what what kind of tools have you used along the way and techniques to, to, to make it happen? Like, was it just a matter of, you know, will, like, I know you do, you do yoga and meditation. Um, you know, how much was it just willpower and how much was it, you know, these techniques that we use? I think it was, I don't know how much of it was willpower. Um, as much as I guess, yeah, I guess willpower, I guess determination, I guess being, committed to like you have to be a hundred percent committed to being alcohol free if you're if you're not a hundred percent sure like for example if you're going out to a party and you're not a hundred percent sure that you're gonna say no to the drink then there's a chance that you're gonna say yes um so I think for myself there was this flip that switched that where I said I don't drink um I actually started introducing myself as a non-drinker around like day 20, which I remember, which is really cool. Um, and so I think it's it's having that identity shift and that mindset shift where you know that you're always going to say no. Um, and then I, I guess for a lot of people, I would recommend like find something else to do during your time where you might be triggered to drink. So for a lot of people, that is like the evenings after work. So yeah, going to a yoga class, getting out of the house, going to the yoga studio, um, finding something to do like the gym, finding people to hang out with that were not binge drinking, like just finding something to replace that nightly habit with me. And then also having a community. So this group that I was part of in the very early days, I would log on to their Facebook group every single morning, every evening. And just scroll through the posts of people saying, you know, day one, day nine, day whatever, this is what's going on for me. And reading their stories of inspiration was a huge motivator for me. So I would say for anyone out there finding a community that is like on the same path as you helps so much. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. Um, so you've talked a bit about it already, but yeah, what, what's, what been the biggest changes that you've noticed kind of day to day kind of in energy levels or your mental mood that you mentioned before, what have been the, the real big changes that you've noticed? Yeah. Um, oh my goodness. It's been so long now that since I quit drinking that it just feels like it's become normal life. And I do kind of miss sometimes like that very early, feeling that you have around day between like day 30 to day 60, when you're like, everything is wonderful. Everything is magical. Life is amazing. Like I would wake up in the morning and be like, oh my God, every day's a gift. And I'm so lucky. 
um, to not be hungover right now. And I do kind of miss that feeling from time to time because it's just become normal now. Um, but definitely for me, I think I was constantly exhausted. I was constantly, um, even if I wasn't hungover, I was just tired all the time. Um, my physical fitness had hit a level that I felt like I couldn't improve. Like I'd hit a point where it just, my cardio did not feel like it was improving. Um, I did a lot of spinning classes back towards the end of my drinking. And, um, I remember it just always felt like an exhausting thing to be on the bike. Whereas as soon as I was sober, it was like, I had so much energy. Yeah. I, I remember, um, so I ran a marathon when I was still drinking and I would go for these long wow. 30 kilometer runs hungover and, you know, which is dreadful for, for all your internal <laughs> organs, but I just kind of gr- grip my teeth and go for it. But yeah, you know, physical health is a huge thing that changes, but going back to what you were saying before about identity that point where you said like on day 20 where you're like I'm now a non-drinker and how how important that aspect of identity is like I recommend people to to announce you know the changes they're making as early as they can because as soon as the world sees you as as something which is you know a non-drinker it just makes it so much easier for you to be consistent because you know the the expectation of the world is that you drink like it's so much more normal for you to drink than not. You need to really put it out there as I'm, you know, I'm a non-drinker, which, you know, it's great that you did that. Because once you say that out loud, you then, you're then consistent, you're encouraged to be consistent with that belief. Whereas, you know, like you said before, if you go to a party and you're like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. Mm -hmm. People kind of see it as a bit of a challenge to, oh, can we get Alex to drink tonight? You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so I think for myself, like as soon as I came out on social media as being sober, you know, around 90 days, I did a post and I was terrified to do this. The only reason I ended up doing it was because the program that I was part of asked me to do a testimonial. And I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to be doing this and it's going to be available on social media, then I want to post it myself to kind of get ahead of this gossip. And so I ended up posting that I was alcohol free and I feel like that shifted everything for me because no one ever questioned it. And when I would go out with people, they would say in brackets, like, you know, let's go for dinner in brackets. I know you don't drink anymore. Like, that's cool. And I just felt like everyone all of a sudden was like supporting me. Whereas prior to me announcing it on social media, it was just always a discussion whenever I went out. And, um, so that was huge for me. And now people talk about like, so the posts that I do, I do a lot of posts about, you know, what people might say when you're not drinking, like, you know, how your date might bother you. And someone, someone commented once when I posted about sober dating saying, Hey, Alex, like, this is where being like open and honest and vulnerable would help. And and I say, I said, yeah, 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 I am open and honest and vulnerable. Like, look at my whole social media. (laughs) I'm more doing this to you know, almost talk to my former self before I was that way, right? In the first 90 days when I wasn't sharing it publicly. And and now it's something that I'm so proud of. And I, you know, lead with it in my my social media. Obviously, my whole life revolves around it. But 
it's it takes a lot of courage to to do something like that to like make an announcement or make a post but it 100 it was a game changer for me for sure yeah like it makes makes such a big difference like for me i guess i was around i was 100 days i wrote an article what it's like to to give up drink for 100 days and it got so much attention you know like 100,000 people read it here in Australia, including lots of my friends. Wow. And then it just becomes, oh, wow, you know, this is now part of my public identity. And I guess this this will feed into to your thing. But as a meditation teacher, I found that I got so much more interest from people yeah. by talking about alcohol than rather than talking about meditation. Yes, there are so many same. people who are like, I don't, you know, I, I'm not interested in meditation. It, it doesn't mean anything to me. Whereas if you say, alcohol you know that's the the thing in and then you go oh by the way i teach meditation i just had so so many people come to learn meditation because it shows you that you're you know this is you think of alcohol is is a not very good but very popular wellness technique like alcohol is a way that people uh is a method people use to to feel okay and to survive and it's just not a very good one and for us to introduce things like uh yoga and meditation as alternatives it's it's great to go in via that um via that lens of alcohol but you know then the good thing is that people get all these other benefits from meditation that aren't to do with alcohol they're like i came here for the alcohol but i'm getting all this you know inspiration and creativity and all these other things which is amazing to see in people um so speaking of that like what what daily routines and habits do you have to 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 keep to stay on track sober. I know I've seen you posting about journaling before. I'm assuming yoga and meditation. Yeah. yeah what, what are your kind of mainstays and what, what, what do you teach as part of your um, offering? Yeah. Um, so I have been practicing yoga um, since I think probably for about 10 years now. And as soon as I quit drinking, my practice became so much more deep and consistent and meaningful Um, and it also became, I felt like when I was, I was teaching yoga for seven years and for the first, I guess, five years I was teaching, I was still a drinker. And as soon as I quit drinking, I feel like my teaching became more authentic. Um, and people were more attracted to, to coming to my classes because I had a more authentic energy. Um, I guess when I was drinking, I was, um, almost, it was almost like a way of self-harm when I was drinking towards the end of my drinking days. And when I quit that, I felt like I was more embodying well-being and more um, being a role model for what well-being was. And so I found that my yoga classes just got busier and busier as soon as I got sober. And yoga became a huge part of what I offer. So initially I was doing sober coaching, which was just a separate thing. And then I was doing my online yoga community and I had two separate websites because I felt like it was two separate things like sobriety and yoga. Just so funny because now it's become so fused into one, um, kind of like what you say, like I promote myself as someone who supports people to quit drinking, but they often come and the technique or strategy that we use is yoga. And so what we do is we do 30 day yoga challenges where the challenge is to quit drinking for 30 days, develop a daily yoga practice for 30 days, um, develop a meditation practice for 30 days. And then I have 
these workbooks with journal prompts um, and quotes and um, kind of inspirational messages for me that follow the course of 30 days. And so that is like one of my major offerings. And so basically I'm helping people quit drinking, but you're like replacing an unhealthy habit with a healthy habit. And I think in a lot of the programs, like the program that I was part of, which was amazing, they were pretty much focused on habit changing and they were like, okay, let's quit drinking, um, encouraging people to quit, telling people to be active, but they weren't actually giving them a routine or a ritual or a habit to make that happen. And so I think I'm one of the only sober curious yoga programs out there that I know of that includes yoga as that fundamental um, skill in the sober journey. Yeah. And I guess that's why your stuff resonates with me so much because, you know, I'm the only one that I know that is mainly meditation is the main, the main thing. And I think it's, it's that, it's that way of connecting with ourselves that replaces, you know, I, I kind of think about it like when I used to drink, I used to drink to get out of my mind and now I can meditate to get out of my mind, but in this different way. And it's just such a, such a good switch especially as you were saying before like that end of the day the witching hour time where people used to have their first drink I'm like well that's when you do your meditation instead it will break that cycle break that routine of I finished work I have a beer you know you do this then you remove that stress chemistry from your system so that you you no longer have that desire it's not you don't need to drink you you may still choose to but it's not like that compulsion like at the end of the week I used to be like I mean I have to like I really need to drink here and I've I've kind of earned it you you reward yourself in in a different way yeah um so I have a thing about you know we all have these stories that we tell ourselves that kind of shape how we live in you know live in the present and the future many of which are kind of limiting so I was wondering if you had any stories from your past that you have changed the meaning of like you've you've overcome some limiting beliefs or you've reframed some past events that maybe you know stuff that happened in your past that you kind of felt contributed to your drinking that you've maybe changed your view on Well, I think the first one that comes to mind is definitely just the idea that I thought that I needed alcohol. You know, I need this, just like you were saying earlier, like I need a drink to relax or I need a drink to have fun. I need a drink to socialize. Shifting that mindset around feeling like it was a necessary thing to cope or to have fun. And I think sometimes people don't even, aren't even aware that they're doing it because sometimes we're not even aware of our, how our thoughts are shaping our reality. Um, but definitely my perception around the necessity of alcohol in my life, like now I feel like I don't need it at all, but it was a, it was like a real shift to get to that point, um, where I was able to like reframe my thinking around it. And also, I guess, like, I think I reframed a lot of my thoughts about myself and what I was capable of. I know that I forever 
thought that I would never be capable of running my own yoga business, never be capable of being a full-time yoga teacher, never be capable of um, supporting myself doing this career that I love. And I thought that I would be a teacher for the rest of my life because I just didn't think I had the motivation or the finances or anything to get this, to get this business off the ground. And I feel I had this massive, massive shift in just believing in myself. And that's what it is. As soon as you believe in yourself, like you can do anything, right? But you just have to have that, that mindset shift. And if I didn't have that shift, then I would still, I would still probably be a teacher today, which there's nothing wrong with being a teacher, but it just was not what I wanted to do with my life. And, um, yeah, there's like a huge thing that you have to become aware of, of the narrative in your mind and what your mind is telling you and then shifting your thought patterns so that you, you see things differently. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I guess linked to that, how, how for me anyway, that part of that ability to reframe came from not having alcohol. Like I used to, yeah. Cause I was a binge drinker and I used to characterize my weeks like, um, you know, on, on how they were out of 10 and like Sunday would be a one out of 10 feeling awful <laughs> Monday, two out of 10 and kind of it would move up till where like when, you know, Thursday, Friday, I'd be feeling better and then peak on Saturday and then come back down again. And it would be yeah. my, my belief in myself and my creativity and my passion for, for building my business would, would, would move with the week. You know, and it's right. since, since like I had that belief before, but it was contingent on me feeling okay, which was also contingent on how much alcohol I had in my system. So I think it's, it's having that knowing, you know, giving yourself that break from the alcohol so that you can allow that natural stuff to come through. Like we have that belief, we have that energy inside it's just we're 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 dulling it down with this you know poison um toxic substance that we put in um so the the last main question i have is around you know so in the in the 12 steps step 12 is about going out and sharing what you've learned and helping other people and i know you know from what what you do is your business that's a big part of what what you do. So how, how important is that, that aspect for you of inspiring other people and, and helping other people on their journey? You know, I think it is one of the key things that has helped me in my sobriety. Um, I had a, I had a guest on my podcast about maybe six months ago. And he said, when you help others, you help yourself. And it's so true. Like, the work that I do supporting other people is so rewarding. And, you know, I work way harder than, um, like I, I worked very hard for a long time and the business was not even profiting for two years. And I just did it because I loved it. And because it made me feel so good to support other people and so good to help them. And so it has become a key part of my sobriety. And I would encourage anyone who is starting out or at any point in their journey, um, helping people by sharing your story, posting, joining Facebook groups, it can just be so rewarding and so, um, 
I'm like smiling as I say it, like it just makes me so happy to help other people. And so I definitely think that that is like a huge part of staying on this path and staying committed to, to your sobriety. Yeah. And it's not like you have to be some huge expert, you know, you only have to be one step further along than other people. Totally. And, you know, it's probably more helpful to those people if you are only one step because you're not some unachievable goal. So, yeah. Totally. Totally. And I know like within my community, um, we have quite a few people that have been in my Sober Curious Yoga program for a long time, like over a year. And so when you sit in a room with us, it's kind of intimidating because we're all like, you know, 500 days, 900 days, whatever, however many days we're at. And in my mind, the days mean nothing, right? In my mind, I'm like, we're all the same. We're all on a sober journey. It doesn't matter whether I'm 900 days or 20, right? But I see how people in the earlier days see it as almost a, um, not like a hierarchy, but like, you know, you look at these people that are further along and think like, whoa, how did they do it? And so I definitely think, like I've said to people before, when they're a bit embarrassed, like, oh, I'm only at 20 days. I'm a bit of an imposter sitting in this group. I'm like, no, you're not. And by you saying that you're at 20 days is exactly what you said. It's so much more attainable to the person on day one to see someone, oh, 20 days, that's doable. Whether Whereas like 900, <laughs> <laughs> that feels a bit unattainable. And, and you'll slowly you know, get your rhythm going and get momentum going. And all of a sudden you'll be at day 900, right? But it's hard to strive for day 900 on day one. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Amazing. Well, thank you for sharing your your story with us. Yeah, I want to keep this podcast nice and short and attainable for people. But could you just let people know how they how they can find you if they want to find out more? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on Instagram at Alex McRobbs. And my business is called The Mindful Life Practice. My podcast is called Sober Yoga Girl Podcast. And um, on my website, which is themindfullifepractice.com, you can find everything. We have um, live meditation, live yoga, live bar, um, live Sober Curious Circles, and also the the 30-Day Sober Curious Yoga Challenge, as I mentioned. Great. Well, thank you again for joining us. And yeah, let's continue staying in touch. If you're looking to change your relationship with alcohol, check out my guided meditation series, We Meditate to Quit Alcohol, and my Six Steps for Not Quite Alcoholics program, which offers motivation, meditation, and accountability to help you achieve your drinking goals. If you found this useful or interesting, please give us a rating and review before you leave so that other people like you can find us and share with any friends who may also find it useful.